Welcome everyone to another week with your host Mordechai Weimerger LCSW and Harav Nissen. What is no? <laughs> Anyhow, it's special, an honor, and it's a great chus to be here another week. I'm just excited and happy about that. Couple of bits of news and information to share with you. Number one that I am excited about in two days, Mertzeshem Wednesday night will be the parenting course. We've gotten the request for years. People have been asking, literally three, four years, and we have started it and done it again, Merz Hashem. So it's going to be starting in two days. So in two evenings it will be. So you really got another day and a half to sign up. The number to call up to sign up is 201-691-7626. 201-691-7626. And let's remember that it's basically primarily focused on behavioral. When I say behavioral, what does that mean? Of course you'll be learning how to build the confidence in your kids. Of course you're going to be learning how to have them understand you. Of course you'll have them understand the different ages, how to understand what their needs are and how to give it to them. But there is a separate component that we're going to be focusing on, which is very important, and we see huge changes going on with that, and that is called behavioral. Behavioral is a part of the brain that we just teach how to do it and they don't have to think. How would you like just bedtime to be without a fight? It just happens. Just like a boy would wear a yarmulke without thinking about it, you just wear it. The same way going to bed, doing homework, playing, sharing, getting up in the morning, listening to 80% of your requests easily is behavioral. But of course, if you have just behavioral without everything else, then that doesn't work. So we got to have the balance. Mertashim will be on four evenings. And the number to call up, to sign up, is 201-691-7626. 201-691-7626. Let's see. One more thing just to mention as well, and then we're going to go to the callers. And that is about the book. I am still getting messages that it is being, that it's helping people, being sold off the racks, which is a great thank you to each and every one of you. And I would like to thank all the listeners on the phone line because this week, it's interesting, but I found that while the book is selling unbelievable, I found that I was having a bit of a blockage with the book. And you know what that was? There's no feedback. On this radio, there's a connection. There's a feedback. People are calling. People are thanking. I get messages. On the phone line that I have, people are asking questions. There's a whole section of daily questions and answers. And we're getting feedback from that. And the book I've you know, we've written it. It's getting out there. And from people from the phone line, they would share, by the way, you know, this chapter has helped me or this concept. And when I was noticing that, it's funny, there's a give and take that I'm missing. And we've gotten so many messages since I've asked that, but there were two special messages that we got. One message was that a person bought the book for their relative that they felt really needed it over Pesach. And of course, the one that needs it never reads the book, but their daughter which was under a lot of stress, also was reading it. And the daughter told the aunt, sort of saying, thank you so much for getting my mother the book because it helped me throughout Pesach. So that was one nice little story. And we're not here to go share about stories, but just to go thank everyone. So the messages and feedback is something that has helped me. When I shared that request on the phone line, what was interesting was I got a lot of people out of this and that started saying they thought it's a weakness to ask for feedback. They thought that if I need, like, they called it, if I need attention, that means I'm weak. And when I was explaining to them was there's a difference of codependence where if you don't give me the feedback, I won't do it. And there's something else about I'm going to do it anyhow, but it just helps give the chizuk to keep on going. So for those of you out there that you find that you're doing something and you're not getting recognition or the recognition that you need, understand that you're normal. You need it. 
it's part of us. You don't want to be dependent on it. And at the same time, recognizing that that's who we are is something that can help us, and it's part of what we do need. So thank you for those. Now we're going to be going to the callers that we've got. Yes, we have Mrs. C. Mrs. C, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Um, yeah, first I would like to thank you for everything you do for Harav Nissen. Ah, we both say thank you back. Um, it's a very, very low on your side. Okay, do you hear me now? I hear you, but very far. Uh-huh. Um, we're looking at our control, our, our panel there. Everything's at the highest. Is it possible that it's your phone? No. Okay, I'll try like that. Right. Um, I have two comments from, I heard last week's, and I have two comments about it. Go Sure, go ahead. One is about the teacher yeah, who called up that she has a problem with a mother that she wanted to help, and the mother doesn't want to listen. Um, yes, that was a yes, yes. So I got a phone call last year for one of my kids yeah. where somebody called me up that about certain issues with my child. Yeah. And I personally didn't see anything like whatever that person said. I, I was trying to make sense whatever that person said, but I didn't realize. But I, I didn't see anything. But, there's, but I also knew one thing that as much as I don't see it, that the school has to deal with my child, and even though I don't see it, that if my child spends a certain amount of hours, like the main hours of the day over there, I still have to do something about it. Yeah. So that's one thing sometimes you could tell a mother that, like a lot of times, because I also like then called somebody up and I asked her certain things and I asked her to come and look at my child. So. I asked this person if it makes sense because they told me certain things that my child is doing. And I said that my child never, ever does such a thing at home. Like, how could it make sense? So she says that sometimes a child could act very, very different at home than in school. And I'm not talking about a three-year-old. Right. I'm talking about, like, a little bit older than that. Sure. But she says that there are certain kids that act very, very different. So that's one thing that if a mother doesn't realize that sometimes... Even though at home they're different, Excellent. at school they could be also very different. Thank you for that information. When it comes from the parents, parents will accept it more. Beautiful. I appreciate that feedback. Another thing that bothered me when they called me up, they, like this person called me up and, tell, and told me, like, you know, the issues. At the end of the conversation, I asked this person, it wasn't a teacher already, it was somebody else from the place called me up and I asked, okay, so like, so what should we do now? So the person answered me, so now we should be concerned. So I think it's also more appreciative when a person calls up, they should have some kind of an answer, like maybe we should take an evaluation, we should take extra tutoring, extra, you know, like any kind of extra thing, not just say like now we should be concerned. So what? So, uh, so then I had to call up and I had to make my own information, call up other people, which sometimes a person can be lost by doing such things. Yes. So what you're saying is that your experience when the school said you need help, you didn't find them helping you or having the resources. Yes, I would be more appreciative if you tell me now, like, what, what to do further from now, not just, especially if I'm 
willing to work along, like you should just... Um, uh, tell me, do you hear me better now? Yeah, now oh, I hear you well. Great, excellent. We just changed some of the mic systems. Excellent. Um, so... I appreciate both bits of information that you're saying. Yeah. And what I'd like us to recognize is that the school system is relatively new with getting help, especially social skills group and emotional help, which means in the non-from world, every school has got several school social workers. I'm supervising a student for the Bikr Chaylam. Actually, we're finishing now the next two, three weeks for the Bikr Chaylam of Lakewood. So I've gone to several trainings, I should say, where they're helping the supervisors and giving us special training. So I'm among uh, 10 other supervisors, which each of us have several students under us. And five of them were, st were school social workers where they had like three, four students, social workers in the schools. And they had several licensed therapists in the school besides for the trainees and the students that are there. So we need to recognize that on one hand, we have this huge negative concept, oh, we don't want therapists, and therapists is all shtusim, and we don't need them. And now that we're starting to want them, the demand is so huge that it'll take us time to figure out how to fill the supply. And a large part of that is even appreciating this amazing government that we have that supplies a lot of finances for therapy. But we're still in the beginning stages, and if we can recognize that and sharing stories like you have, making requests, having schools hear that, is what can help them and create the awareness. And then once there's the awareness for Siata Deshmaya, for the changes to happen. So thank you. Yeah. Then I have another comment. All right, but then we uh, got to go because we got to hold, all lines are full. So. Yeah, there was another person that says, like, if somebody needs help in school, if they see somebody who's in a lot of pain, mm -hmm. they should help that person. Like, if they're able to. So in my experience was that when I went through difficult times as a girl, there was somebody that did help me out. But I realized right away from the beginning that this person doesn't understand the situation or whatever I was trying to tell her, she just didn't understand. So I decided that I'm not going to speak to her. And a lot of times those people, like, she really wanted to help me. And instead of realizing that she can't help me, she just kept on continuing help. Are you talking about me. an adult that tried helping you or a fellow student? Yeah, 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 yeah. An adult. So let me ask you, before we go into that, what would have helped you? So when a person realizes that this person, that, the, that there is a person who's in pain and this person needs help, they should try to give it to somebody else that could help. Now, Not so you would have appreciated if someone else would have approached you? Yes. Okay. So because then, now, let me ask you something. Now, let's shift it. Since they can't be in a VM, is it possible to ask kids also or people to recognize that when you need help, those that can ask for help can get it easier? Because uh, there are many teenagers that are listening and many kids that are listening. I need you to realize people that are trying to help are not in a VM. We do not know. We can only try our best. So those that are listening understand, like you didn't open up, but you also didn't tell that teacher or that person, whoever it is, maybe we could get someone else. Just to create what? the awareness. Yeah. Excellent. And thank you for calling in. A lot of good information. Appreciate it. Harav Nissen, who do we have? Who else do we have on the line? We have uh, Miss R from England. Miss R from England. You're on with Mordechai and Nissen. Hello, yes. Um, thank you very much for your line. You're welcome. Um, I stayed up really late because it was worth it for me to 
to ask you my question. I am honored. I hope you'll be able to help me. Ooh, now we'll delve into the Shmai on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, it's like this. I have a very big extended family that we're all very close and very involved in each other's lives. Yep. And so we all know what's going on in everyone's lives, and, and we're very close, and we get together a lot. We, we have lots of fun together. We're, we're very good together. Now, I have a cousin that is, like, a year older than me. Sorry, say the and last bits again. That what? I have a first cousin. Yes. That is a, about a year older than me. Yes. Okay, and she is, up until, I would say, about last year's summer, she was um, not so, um, I would say, strong in her Yiddishkeit. Yes. She wasn't actually being rebellious or doing anything, but she had ideas in her head, and she 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 mentioned it to me or to other people. She used to um, I, like she used to do stuff on the internet or whatever. So she wasn't so strong. Yes. Now um, then, she had a teacher that um, she became very good with, like very close. And yes. this teacher really helped her, like with her Yiddishkeit, with her with her social situation and every she really helped her everything and she she's really really close to her now and she talks to her all the time she tells her everything now she tells this teacher everything that goes on in the family so she's she's been helped a lot but she goes around preaching and she says like my sisters are so modern my cousins are so modern they're doing the wrong things they're not doing anything right so she tells this teacher now i didn't have a problem up until now and now this person is my teacher. Yes. So, so when I'm sitting in class, I feel uncomfortable because I know that this teacher knows everything that is going on in my family, in my situation. Everything she knows everything that's going on in our family. She knows lots about me. They've been discussing me because we've had um, uh, we've like, we've had a story in school. So okay, let's so let's stop right involved. there. Okay, now let's take it a step further. And what are you afraid of that your teacher will think of you? Um, well, my cousin keeps on saying that we're so modern, and I don't want my teacher to think that okay. that I'm like a bad kid. Or Good. I don't now, know. let's stop. Good. Let's stop a second. Now, let's recognize. So, your emotions are telling you that if your friend is bad-mouthing you or the family, your teacher will believe it. Correct? Um, yes. Now, how old would you say is your teacher? Young. Young. Would you say yes. she's older than you? Yes, she's. I would say she's in her 20s, early 20s. Okay. Is she older than you? Yes. All right. Now, if you would be teaching a, a couple of girls, and one girl is telling you that that girl is modern, the family's modern, and you look at that girl, and you give tests, and remember, we're at the end of the school year now. We're not at the beginning of the school year, where it's a week or two. Right. So you see this she's girl. She's been teaching me for quite a while now. It's, yeah, I know that, but I just want you to just to recognize on a cognitive level, and then we'll go into the emotional. So on the logical level, okay, okay. if you can recognize, if you run a class, and you see girls are from, and this girl is from, and you know the other girl had issues where she wanted to be modern, and now she turned more from than others, would you, would you right away assume that that, that, that girl is modern, or do you think you would use your your logic, your mind, and say, 
I helped this girl, but I'm teaching this girl, and I see her marks, and I see her hashkaf, and I see her questions, and I see how she's playing, and I see who her friends are, and, and she's a from girl. What do you think you would be if you were the teacher? What would you think? Um, I wouldn't really believe that girl, but the truth is... Wait, that, wait I just, um, I'm not sure what you're asking. What would the teacher, if you were the teacher, what would you think? And that she's okay. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we do have, our family does have a name in the school. Now, we are more a bit um, modern. We're, okay, I, I so uh, from school. Now, so. hold on. Now, are you, the, now when it says your family has a name, is that name that every single person is modern? No. No. So I'd like you to recognize, and the reason why we're focusing on this question is because there's a concept in psychology called projection. And that is mm -hmm. a similar concept, not similar, we have it in Gemara, but... I, the psychology has also got it, but why I'm sharing it this way is, and that is called apostle b'mumoypsal. When someone notices a weakness by someone else, most of the time it's ours. Which means, if you feel you have an issue within yourself that in the school your family has a name of modern, wherever you're going to go, chances are in your mind you're going to project onto others that they're thinking of you modern. Right. And that is a lot of times where we use logic therapy to start combating that thought that, no, no one is thinking of you as modern. And when they think of your family, maybe they also think about the chesed that your family does. And maybe they also think about that you have a large family and everyone is so close-knit and everyone is together. But when you feel bad that your family is modern, that is the only picture that you're going to see. And that's going to be your fear. So if you've ever right. seen sometimes when someone does something wrong and there's a police officer around, they're busy looking all the time. Is he looking? Is he not looking? And they freeze up and they're looking 50 times. And the cop is looking, why are you looking at me so many times? And pull over a second. So when we have a guilty conscience, in Yiddish there's another saying, that the thief is the one that always feels that fire worried. So now mm -hmm. I would ask you, I wonder, what are strengths of your family? Can you tell me some of your family's strengths? Like what? Well, I could see that in your family, if you're anything like your family, that you have something that's bothering you, you want to work on it. Does your family someone that likes to work on their problems and get better? Or talk about Definitely. it? Definitely. Definitely. Excellent. What an amazing family. I know families where they sit together and they refuse to get better. <laughs> they reinforce each other not to get better. Um, yeah, another thing, okay. is your family nice? Do they like to, do, do they like to help people? Oh, that's another amazing thing. Now, is your family, when we say family, you're saying there's a large extended family. Are you well known in the community for doing, helping people? I think so. Excellent. So now I wonder if when the teacher looks at you, if she's saying, oh, what a modern girl, or if she's saying, what a special family. Maybe this girl's mother even is the one that contacted this teacher to help her when she's being modern and to get her from and saying, look at this family. Look how nice everyone is. And when there's a problem, they deal with it together. And not only do they help the whole community, but most times, many times, families don't help themselves. Here they're even helping themselves. I wonder oh. if you can look at your teacher and she's looking at you with awe, with, with hispilus, with respect. Right. Does that make sense? That's a logical therapy. Here we're trying to change yeah. your way of thinking. Did that change a little bit your way of thinking or possibility? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Now, what can you do to change emotionally that you can walk around saying, I am so proud that I belong to this family feeling? And then I would like to hear Avnissen's take on this because we all have those skeletons. Um, I 
But what would you say, what would give you the feeling that even though this is my family's chassar and that we have a nature of being modern, what strength can you feel inside saying, wow, I am really special or Hashem has really been kind to me to put me into this family? Well, one thing is for sure that we, I have such close relationship with all my cousins. Wow. So you would say that you're close and would you even say there's shalom in your family? Yes. How many families today that are large can say that? Now, not that we want to attack anyone, but just to be aware how special your family is. Now, how would you feel if you can close your eyes for a second and realize that your last name, whatever should be, is, is, wow, we are special. We are very close. And Shalom, when there is Shalom, there are Bainish Lelem and there. The greatest bracha you could give someone is peace. Right. How do you feel then now when you think of your family? Great. Excellent. Harav Nissen, what's your take on all this? <laughs> you, know, you know that uh, basically now this is coming for the other side of uh, in the last... Sorry, uh, sorry, I can't hear you. Okay, we, we're talking about uh, in the last uh, few programs, we got the other side of the fence, we got the side of the teachers, basically and uh, how the teachers see the kids and all the kids see the teachers and that's why we love this uh, question about you about it uh, but i would say that uh, definitely sometimes uh, unfortunately we found that a lot of teacher looking at the brand name and no i don't know what no, no i don't want to test a lot of teachers that some teachers as 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 a misconception or misunderstanding about uh, families, especially if your family, as you define, is modern or different. I would say I don't like to, the word modern, and I don't like to do the, the word forum. I don't like to tag everybody because we don't have any gadget to know who is Be'ev Yirat Shamaim, who has better feeling, what is connection for the Kadosh Baruch Hu. And Rabbi Mordechai know that we had here kids that you would build, if you see them in the street, you wouldn't believe that they are Jewish, that the Yiddishkeit. And the Avat Hashem that they have inside is nobody can take it from them. Nobody. And the, the, the amistic that they have, it's something really pure. So you have to be confident with that if you feel that your parents doing the right things and the right things, definitely we all need to improve ourselves with our midot, with our frum kite, with everything. But uh, be proud about your family. Don't give yourself to feel low if you see a girl that behave a little bit different. Sometimes, unfortunately, we see the, the F word, the frum, and the fake. I'm sorry today, that, uh, you know, but this is sometimes we, we, we see it. We see it many times that uh, it doesn't show outside the modern, it's like, you know, you have I, I in, in, in the Torah, and big art to believe that Kadosh Baruch is everything is good, so everything will be good for you. And that's be more secure and strong. Thank you for calling up and staying up all the way from England. I want you to know it's very special, and I'm honored. Okay, thank you very much. You're very, you. very welcome. We're just okay, going to bye. take over your question that someone asked, because it's very interesting. It's about boundaries. Basically, that someone is saying that they go to a therapist, they have a mother-in-law which has severe cases, split personality. I would probably 
diagnose a little bit differently from the information that you're writing. But in short, you're saying that it's very hurtful when you go there, and you've learned how to deal with it through therapy. However, and you're willing to go there even though it's a little bit painful because you're still human. However, your therapist says you should not go because when you go, it's going to affect you. But you do want to go. What do I think? Well, I think it's normal. And I usually tell clients, go. Part of life is to figure it out, to be there. And if you got your safe place, which means you're there and you're not that affected, that's part of reality. We all have difficulties. If you feel you can't go, that is something else. If you feel you still need more tools, that is something else. But generally, thanks a lot for that. You've asked your question several times. It came up as about 13 messages over here. So thank you. Generally, the shorter the question, the better it is. Mrs. P, you're on with Mordechai and Nisim. Hi, how are you? Baruch Hashem, amazing. Okay, I'm calling about my article. You asked me that call. Yes, beautiful. Okay, yeah, so... so what would you like to um, share with everyone? Um, I just wanted people to know that they're really, really not alone. And the more people I share my story with, the more people I hear are going through similar or something in common or can relate. So, you know, it's surprising how many people are really sad, how many people are really going through some some sort of something. Yes. Um, I guess, do you want to give an introduction? Should I give it? What do you want? Well, I'd like to, you can say everything. You can go ahead and say it. We'll just keep it, you know, relatively for the listener to hear. Okay. Uh, not too long. Yeah, we've got a full so line I look of... Like a regular, I look like a regular typical person, and nobody really knows what is inside of me of where I came out of. Um, people think of me really as, well, you know, she's so capable, and she's so always happy, and so, you know, like... I really put on, I guess, a real show because it's not like I was ever, I guess, not when I was a kid growing up, I was never this way. Yes. And I grew up in a very unvalidating home. And um, because of that, I, I guess I was sad and I did not realize how many issues my family had until I got married and out of it. And um, I took it from there, and I became my own person, becoming my own parent, my own sister, my own brother, my own, you know, becoming my own person, my own family, who I got to like myself. Yes. And, my, and I just wanted people to know that. As, Can you as also write about the emotional neglect that was going on, but it wasn't anything overt, means it wasn't noticeable. It's only after you got married that you recognize what hugs are what good words are. Can you share some of that? Yeah. Because that's what many people have and they're not even aware. Like if someone would have told you at 15, 16, you're missing something, what would you have told them? No, I was totally in denial. I thought my family was the best because they would keep on pumping up how good they are and amazing they are. But really, it's a disorder that they have that they just don't want to come in terms with. Yes. So yeah. I realized that you know, I used to think my problems, you know, as a kid, I was ha going through issues with my parents, and they thought I was going off the derech. Me, I was full of pain. I was in so much pain. When I got married, and the same thing would happen, my husband realized he came from a healthy house, and he would say, what's going on? What, you know, I was so sad. I used to buy myself different things I thought that would make me happy. 
And my husband said, let's get to the core of this. And he went to tons and tons of therapy. Like, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I could say I should be embarrassed of all this, but I'm really not because I know who I am today, that it's not embarrassing. You know, Not I, only I, is it not, not embarrassing, it's normal. We all have issues. The best of families have stuff. And if I would say the biggest, I always say the biggest um, how should we say it? like Hasarno, the biggest weakness that a parent can debilitate a child is by taking away the ability to think, to question, to grow. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. are that I call the greatest abuse. Those are what develops into personality disorders where I shouldn't say old personality, that's narcissism sometimes, or they're blind. You talk to them. You could help anyone that wants to get help with Siata Deshmaya, I should say, or almost everyone. But mm-hmm. if someone refuses to hear, there's nothing we can do. Right. True. Beautiful. Um, and how are you doing now? What was it that helped you out? I know you wrote over the, the groups, Yad Biyad. You went to various types of therapy, including um, DBT. Yeah, I have a lot of friends, and I'm very open. I read a lot. We ask a lot of silos. We're very close. My family Yes, you said it's very important that your husband was healthy and he was close to a Rav. You mentioned that as well. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm lucky to, you know, um, I, I'm also trying very hard to look at the good in my life. I try to write on my kids a happy book. We're trying to look at positive instead of always yeah. looking at negative. Yes, yes. So it's how you take it, but I'm happy that, you know, I'm able to take it and have grown from it and try to help people. And, like, now that I've gone through this, I'm able to relate to my children more. And I think it's so much, even when I go and I see kids and they look, I'm able to, I think I have a, a, I'm much more sensitive to pain. Yes. Which is amazing thing to notice that I'm able to pinpoint pain. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. And thank you so much for being brave to call it in with your voice. There's one thing to have an article in a place with your, when you're anonymous, there is another to have your voice heard and the chizuk that i probably would tell people from your story is that there is light at the end of the tunnel and if you just yeah, willing it's still to growing it's still, work. it's still work. growing <laughs> exactly we got over here one question coming in about the parenting when should someone start taking a parenting thank class you. you're very welcome and they're married okay. with two and again thank you for being brave enough to call them they're married with two kids when is the time i would say the time is any time which means Eventually, you're going to need the skills. So why not get the skills ahead of time? You know what you're getting into. Something happens. You should have an idea what's happening, right? Uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I personally believe that there should be Shalom Bayez courses given to the Chassanim, and not just the Chassan Shir, but I'm talking about more detailed, especially the year after marriage, that first year. I believe couples together should be going and just getting some of the basics information, communication, working out differences, how to deal with in-laws or parents, whichever way you want to look at that, how to deal with finances, how to deal with are you an early riser or a late riser. This should be done right after you get married, and I believe the same is with parenting, to give some of the basic parenting kids before the kids come, And then after the kids come, a little refresher. It's amazing what a little bit of prevention does. A little bit of the information. Mordechai. Yes. We go to university to be a doctor, engineer. We go to yeshiva to learn to be a rabbi. We're not going to school to learn how to be father and husband and a mother and a wife. And And those affect our children. And those affect our children. This is the most important field that you have to invest and learn. And believe me, anyone doing mistakes 
and we have to learn from this. You know, Harav Nissen, since we're talking about what changes should be happening, I'd like to share with everyone a huge positive that I've been noticing in my office and in the callers that we've been getting. We're always discussing that parents, if you've got several kids that have got issues, go for help yourself. I could notice a huge shift of parents coming to my office above the age of 50, where people are going, oh, they'll never go for help. And yes, they are going and they are reaching out and calling up. And I believe that is only happening from the awareness that's out there. And by them changing, I want you to know children and grandchildren are changing. It really is changing a monumental level. Do not feel that it's too late. Just as you take a course 30 years after you're married, and it will still help your marriage and work that out, just continue the process. Mordechai, I'm married more than 35 years. Is no such a thing that I don't learn every day another stuff, another tricks, another way of behave. This is otherwise. I want the story about that feeling. A guy, eight years old, sent this feeling that all his life is putting in, in that, and he found that his feeling was psulot. What did this guy? He create a party, and everybody asking, "What you crazy?" Said at least I have a chance to put a kosher feeling wow. in my head before I pass away. Wow! And this is the this is the uh, that's what I see the life. If yeah. we have the chance to change our life, and change our children and grandchildren and other people around us, this is time to learn and try to act because I cannot change you. Yeah. But I can change myself. That's right. That's the only things I can do. Here we got a question as follows. Do you think each parent needs to take a parenting course? Aren't there capable people who understand that alone? No, believe me not. So let me ask you that question. Would you want to go to a doctor that has learned all his information 40 years ago and hasn't taken one updated course or one updated information? Aren't you curious to know, would you say that your greatest asset is probably yourself, your husband or your wife or your children? Would you not want to take a little bit of an investment? Do you know that in New Jersey, in New York, they're starting it. They've sent us the emails that they're going to become mandatory in about a year from now. But in New Jersey, it's mandatory for several years that every therapist must get X amount of CEUs. That means we must take courses, minimum two to four day trainings a year to keep our license. That means you need to take between either four or eight day courses to get updated. Don't you think that if your parent, if your children are that important to you, we can start recognizing what's the big deal if you invest $200 once a year in your children. And I'm not saying just take mine. I'm not even promoting just mine. I'm promoting a parenting class. Don't you think if there's a lecture on Shalom Bias, you can just take it and hear what information, what tools are out there. If your marriage is that important, I could tell you one thing. I see people in business. Boy, what they would spend to get information and to get the best lawyer or get, get the best broker. It's amazing. And when there's a problem, what they fight to get the best therapist, but to just that ounce of that that ounce of prevention, we don't do that. That's something that's part of this phone line is changing. We're here to create the awareness. And for those of you, now I will promote my program, my parenting workshop, which will be in two days, starting in two days. The number is 201-691-7626. 7626 and it's Bachshan filling up magnificently, and I'm, I appreciate it and I'm honored. But I'd like us to recognize, even if you're doing great, don't you think it can help you? Now, normally I've been saying this for the last two years on the radio, and I wasn't promoting my program because I didn't think I was going to do it again. But I've, been always, I've always been saying this. I'd like us to recognize and think about that. How important would you spend on that? Now, what would you spend on clothing? How important is it to you to spend on the bar mitzvah? 
how important it is for you to spend on whatever simcha that you're making. And how about you spend a measly $200? I believe information is still way too cheap. I really believe so. People would spend it on the clothing. I believe information should actually be a lot more expensive, but hopefully we're going to start recognizing first to value the price. And why do I say more expensive? Because the more you spend, the more you appreciate it. But that's a whole different subject. But Mordechai, also simple stuff. You can just pick up the phone, listen to the line, that's listen right. to the radio, listen to uh, everyone who just... And you know what? The basic, the first things, the first thing, just take out the ego and say the thing that you are be the best parents in the world, and just try to learn. Admit. That's it. You know, you know that about admission <laughs> about this. Okay, so we have. Uh, we'll go to the line. Yep. Let's go. Miss H. Miss H. You're on with Mordechai Anissim. Hello. Yes. Thank you for is holding that long. By the way, yes, it is you. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, the question that I'd like to ask is maybe not something that you would be happy to take on air right now, just because. Well, then don't ask it. Been, Wait, is it is it no, family? No, no, no. This might be a little bit a loaded question, and you will probably just um, try to answer very quick. So. All right, or I won't be able to answer it at all. Answering it quick, I would really appreciate just take on it uh, at least you can clarify a little bit so thank you so i'll even make it easier for you this way i get it right you'll ask your question and then you'll even tell me what you'd like from it all right so uh, you'll... go okay. ahead okay my question is um, just as you keep on saying all the time that the most important thing is to find a healthy balance i'm trying to figure out what would be the the fine line that you can say just um however you can and short of how a person can um, balance between feeling confident about their own decisions and, and personal opinions versus people's suggestions, comments, and sometimes also blame. And um, actually, regarding blame, I would appreciate if you can all touch on that a little bit more, just if there is any way to accept the blame in, in a healthy way, like to, to learn from it and to grow from it even though you might not deserve it. Well, let's take your question at first. I believe the way you're asking your question, how clear and concise, I believe you even have the answer. So I'm going to ask you a question. Could you please clarify to me, how would you differentiate between having your own opinion, your own thoughts, and taking advice? How would you answer that? Let's do part one. What do you mean differentiate? How would you separate? When is it important this way? When is it important that way? What would you say? I believe that it really is very important, especially for teenagers that's like me, and to, to ask advice from, you know, older people than us that are much more experienced than, like, parents, teachers, and the band. But still, at some point, we have, like, I think we got the right to, to feel certain um, ways that just for simple stuff. And sometimes people come into the picture and trying to control and trying to make, to make you do um, things in certain ways, or not even controlling necessarily, but actually just commenting and you know all that, trying to suggest different different um, options or whatever. And, and really, you don't you don't like what, what would you say? How how is it that you? That I think you, you just answered it. it and, I don't hear a question. I think you've just answered that. Now we could go to the second no, question. Uh, my question is like how how is it that you handle that on a healthy level? Just like. Do you always um, need to consider, consider others, whatever they have to say, 
are there like times that you just ignore? So let me shift it right back to you. It's funny. I shifted the question back to you, shifting it back to me. Let me shift it back to Uh, you. I believe the way you phrased your question, you are very intelligent and you have an opinion. I'd like to hear what's your thought. When is it that a teenager should? When is it that a teenager should be listening to the adults or asking the adults' advice? And when should a teenager be trusting themselves? What would you say? I'm asking you. You're a teenager. Is there one when it's more simple about simple stuff? You gotta. You are allowed to just rely on your own um, opinion, like um, just. I would like to change a word of allowed. <sighs> You're supposed to trust yourself. And you're supposed to be able to ask information. And you're supposed to hear the information, and you're supposed to then integrate it to yourself. And if you disagree, you're allowed to disagree and even make mistakes. Believe it or not, with what Mordechai just said, oh my gosh, I'm allowed to hear the information and make mistakes. That's our job at all our ages. And i got a secret to tell you. Parents make mistakes too. Now, if we can recognize that we're allowed to make mistakes, and we're always going to make every one of our own mistakes then what's the whole point of learning? We don't live long enough to learn every one of our mistakes. Or as there's a famous saying that goes, those that don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Which means we're meant to learn. And you're meant to ask. But at the end, it's got to sit well with you. And there are times which we will be learning in the parenting course, and that's few times, just like a president has got a veto power to once or twice, but after that he doesn't, The concept is that even parents, when they say, listen to me now, this is very important, we have that card, but if we use it too much, then we lose power. And it's the art of parenting to know when to trust yourself. But I'd like you to recognize as a teenager, in my opinion, not only are you allowed to, but it's highly important for you to learn to listen and to learn to make your decision and to make your mistake as well as the success and along those lines, to have, feel safe to discuss it with your parents, with the authorities, so you gave me this advice, I didn't listen, and this is what happened, how do I get out of it? And if it's a healthy parent, we'll say, okay, well, now, why did I say not to do it? Because exactly this and this will happen. Okay, so now that we recognize it, now let me help you try to get out of it if we can. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. But, um, what so about- you want a black and white, eat two meals a day, Take a whole wheat matzah no, with a little no, no, bit of guacamole on the side. What about what would you say regarding the blame? Um, well, yeah, that, now we're going to the second question. Now we're going to the second question. The second part. First part was, are you supposed to trust yourself versus taking advice? What did you hear from that? That you got to listen, but still trust your own self to, to finally make a decision and and allow yourself to make a mistake and just to learn it. And there mistake. are times when the parent says, this is very important for you to listen to me than for you to learn hachna and to let go. So put that in there. So I ask you, so what do we just discuss? So what is the concept? I just missed this point that you just mentioned. Okay. Just that it. is that parents need to have, we need, we need to understand as well that since we are in the growing and learning stages, we sometimes can make a mistake that will be very serious and very detrimental. And our parents need to have that veto power to say, I am now telling you this do not do, even though you don't understand it. Let's imagine someone has got gasoline all over themselves and the parent is saying, do not touch that lighter. And the kid says, but I want to try it anyhow. 
or a kid is driving a car without a license and they're 16 years old and they're driving crazy and, and, and unfortunately parents have to deal with some of these issues today's days. The parent, if there's a healthy relationship and the parent has given the kids their own room to make mistakes at healthy places when the parent uses that veto power, which is the president's right that Congress or the House can write something, the president has a right to veto it saying, I don't care what, I am not letting this pass. The president can do that two times. I don't think he can do it after that. More than that, but to recognize that parents also need to have that veto power to say this, do not do. But if a president will do that at every single article that Congress writes, no one will listen to him and no one will write his laws that he would like. So there's a balance that parents also need to learn how and when to use that veto power that we have. You abuse a power, it becomes worthless. So now what about what would you say about blaming? Right? Now what we happened? go into a whole separate section. Blame there is no benefit but to manipulate and control a person. All blame is is control. Knocking someone That's down. Right, but what about if there is blame in your life and how would you say it would be the healthy way is there a possibility of accepting the blame in a certain you way? You've jumped ahead except first you need to recognize that let's first talk about the negative parts about blame. Where people always like to jump to how do we get over it instead of first recognizing it. Could you please share with me the damage that blame has done to you? Share it to others or the person that you're thinking of that's being blamed. We're always busy with getting beyond it. I think we first need to focus more. What are the pains? What's the damage if we blame? It just, it just breaks you down all the way. It just right. knocks, knocks you away. Blame and starts creating doubt that you don't trust yourself. Blame creates that you won't trust them. Blame creates that you won't open up to them when you have a pain because they will attack you instead of understand you or instead of work with you through the pain. Blame is the issue that when it happens to you, you feel you want to run away from that person and everything they stand for, even yes, if they've yes. got good strength. So now... And it's also that it, 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 like, it makes you... Um, uncomfortable about making mistakes not just uncomfortable that's right actually. perfectionist and fear and yeah. you're afraid to attempt yeah. anything new in fact my yeah. entire book that i've got that i focus on tremendous that we've come out with you know the book alive and Baruch Hashem, as i've said it has already finished its first printing and go it's gone into the second printing and now hitting stores because stores are running out and the beauty of it is that it's now happening by recommendation of people but we've got chapter one how to build your self-esteem to get out of that and how to build your self-worth, especially when there's blame that knocked you down. Chapter 2, how to learn, how to break that perfectionist, that fear. And a lot that I bring down, why we try to be perfect is because of the pain that we've been knocked down. And how to learn the beauty and the power of making mistakes. And the more mistakes, the, mis the more mistakes you make, the more successful you are. Chapter 3 is how to be able to keep on going through new beginnings. I wrote this book. It is a huge success and a wonderful experience. But it's also been very painful and I've learned from that. And that is all new beginnings that we do. I'm doing now the parenting course, and there are a lot of questions coming in that are a little painful for me. So now, we're not going to go into the answer how to get out of blame. I would really recommend to start um, reading the book, because we have several chapters. So I would tell you, first, build up your self-esteem, which would be in chapter one outlined. Number two is learn and practice making mistakes, breaking the perfectionist theories and thoughts that are in you. So it's not one step how to do it. There are several chapters, and that's exactly what we that, have. Is that 
if that is really part of your life, then I guess you have to practice practice it all your life. Uh, you know? I would do it. Well, it depends. How often will you be around? We hope that you will be able to make healthier choices and hang around healthier people. So let's assume it's a parent. Even you still have times where you're not in the house. Let's assume it might one day be for someone, a husband or a wife, but there are still other places that are healthy, your children, your work environment, your friend's environment. Because I'm not going right now into how stopping it. First, to recognize we have other areas in our lives, but you need to know how to deal with it. And that's exactly one of the main points of this book is how to keep on going. I've used 10 of the most important sessions that I use with every single client, practically every single client we put into book form. To learn how to set a boundary when someone puts blame. How do you say no in a nice way, in a healthy way? That's all that in chapter 5. Chapter 6, how to understand your strengths. When you're starting to look at the different, I have 18 different natures there, and starting to recognize, wow, I have this nature, I have that nature, and you see the strengths and the weaknesses of them. You might be an emotional person, so you're realizing that's why I'm taking everyone's blame. And there you'll recognize what's the strength of being an emotional person. You might be an analytical person that you recognize every little detail. And therefore, you also focus on your chesroinus. And therefore, that is what this book is about. Chapter 9 is about letting go of anger. What happens when you're around someone that's blamed and there's a lot of anger, but in order to let go of the anger, you first have to recognize what you're angry about. Chapter 10 is exactly what we're talking about, and a large part of the parenting group is not in that chapter, but the chapters you will hear that echo is the difference between leading and dominating. What makes you a leader that kids should want to hear to listen and what makes you a dominating force that, I say, a dictator that people don't want to listen to you? It's a very thin line between being a leader that everyone wants to run and listen to you and being a dictator. Both have a military. Both have to enforce rules. But one people want to run away from and talk behind their back, and the other one people can't wait to get to and can't wait to listen. And for those of you listening now for the first time, my name is Mordechai Weinberger, and you got your host, Harav Nissim, over here. And we just came out, I just came out with the book about a month ago, and Baruch Hashem, the first printing was sold out at a mega sellout, and the book is called Alive, A 10-Step Guide to a Vibrant Life. So how to get out of the blame, what I'd really recommend is go chapter through chapter, read it, and you'll find yourself so much in there. Each chapter is made very story-friendly to be able to get the emotional negative side, to see when you're around an environment, what the people look like and how that person feels themselves. And then when you're doing the healthy step, how your life will look, and then how to get there. There's a 10-step guide to each chapter, how to get there as well. Well, so thank you so much. What about accepting accepting is all the way at the end we've gotten my issue with accepting is that people use a fancy word how do you accept if you don't have the protection how do you accept if you don't have your self-esteem how do you accept if you're afraid to make mistakes you can't accept the blame if their damage is still in there you can only accept after you get help after you get healed that's my that's issue right, with that word accepting. If you feel struck at, at one point, isn't there a way that you can at least um, get it? Like, if there is Bashar for you to, to get the Oh, point, now we use the Rabbi Islam. I was waiting to bring him in there. It's Bashar. <laughs> Why don't you go to Harlem and let yourself get mugged? Or go to one of these dangerous areas? Is that Bashar? There is Hishtadlis here. There is this grounded world. Rabbi Islam has set rules. Grounded rules, and the Rabbi Shalom does not let you break them. And the Gemara says, if you don't prepare yourself in the winter, you're not allowed to daven that it should be a warm winter. Because you didn't prepare yourself, Hashem has to change Teva. Before we get to acceptance, first let's recognize the steps. So you're going, you're going step 10. 
Let's go slowly. Let's learn step one, step two, step three. Then you'll get to acceptance. If you're getting beaten up, and why are you getting beaten up? It's affecting your school. It's affecting your friends. And you're going, I'm accepting. It's all from Hashem. And you're failing. And you're nervous. And then you're denying it because I have to believe in Hashem. And I believe in Hashem and He's going to save me. How many times we hear over, over and over from the G'dayim that believing in Hashem does not mean He is doing what you want, that we can now control Hashem. Believing in Hashem means this is now my matzav. And I got to do my best to get out of it. If he wants me to get out of it, that's up to the Rabbi Nishleim. What are you doing to get out of it? That is Emunah and Betachan in the Rabbi Nishleim. Not saying, good, keep on hitting me. Slap me again. Yep, slap me again. Go ahead, just hit me. I'm believing in Hashem. You'll slap me a thousand times. You won't slap me a thousand and one. Oops, slapped again. I believe in Hashem. You won't slap me a thousand and two. That is the distortions that we are creating. And then I deal with people that are now furious at the Rabbi Shalom because they insisted that he has to stop. They believed and he's going to stop. Or they'll get the person to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're you welcome. That you wasted so much of your precious time for that. So I want you to know I it's really extremely important. Teenagers are very important. Do you know why? You are the future. You are our future. I like, to, I like to view myself as still very young, so I'm still part of the future. But we need to get our teenagers to believe in themselves. Harv Nissen, we are just discussing that before the program. He was actually telling me that my son, which is on the program for the Kishrani Hour, which is wonderful, where kids, they have kids on the radio and they do different programs. He's saying, like, your son is really doing good and he likes it. And I was very, I was happy to hear that. And we're discussing that our children are the future. We need to build them up. We need to give them believing in themselves. We need to have them know there's a future. There's a very strong place for them. Not only there's a strong place, they are going to be leading the next generation. Teenagers like you that are brave to call in on ear is our future. And Harav Nissen would like to say Yes. And recognize that. Asking these questions are what gets you to leadership ability. That is a leadership ability to ask. I ask all the time. And we have to build a trust that you trust us and we trust you because that's, the, that's how it's working. Because we, if you don't trust us and we don't trust you, we don't have future together. And this is a message for all our, to all dear parents and all dear uh, teachers. Yes. Here's one question someone asked. Is Mordechai is your book? So much. You're Just very welcome. You're very welcome. Excellent. And someone asks, is your book for teens? Especially, yes, but it's especially for adults, it's especially for business people. It was done for all levels, having in mind that it is for teen friendly. It is from, if your seven-year-old kid would read it, you can also feel safe. I want you to know this was written with safety in mind. I have my kids in my house, and if my kids would read it, I would actually be proud. Not only would I feel it's okay, it is completely safe, story-friendly, and safe-friendly for kids with Gemaris and Makairis at the end of every chapter to just see that it's Yiddish, the, co- the concepts. Okay. Mrs. R. Mrs. R, you're on with Mordechai. Yes, hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, what's, what's better, to have one close friend or like a lot of friends not so close? And what would you say? Uh, I don't know. That's what do you use. think? Come on, you're a smart girl. One I can tell from your question. You, what do you think? One close friend. Okay, now I would tell you both. 
both, but ha- how do you have both? What's so difficult having both? If you want to have one close friend, then you're always with her. But if you have a lot of friends, whoa, then... Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. One close friend and the word always with her. How about one close friend and we're also with others? Do you, don't you think she needs space and you need space? Do you always want to be with one person only? I would feel choked. But then you're not, like, very close to her. Oh, so now we got to ch- define close. What does close mean? I'm not best friend. No, no, no. Best friends. We're using classical words that you've just changed the definition of best friends. To me, best friend is someone that I could tell every single secret that I have or almost every single secret. And close friends are people that I enjoy certain actions with them, which means my best friend might not like going skiing, which I enjoy skiing. So now if my best friend doesn't like skiing, now I could never go skiing because I can't do that with him. Or can you have friends and have different relationships? This one I like talking about skiing. This one I like talking about that. This one I can open up my personal information. This one I like being with five hours on Shabbos. This one I like being around once a month. Notice the Mm -hmm. black and white thinking that you had. Either we're always together and then there's no room for others. Do you find yourself that way sometimes in all or nothing type thinking? Yeah. Do you find that that it gets very choking? Like you get sometimes angry at people. Why aren't you there for me? Um, I don't know. Oh, come on. You know. I do guess. You, do you find sometimes upset at people when they're not available for you when you want them to be? Yeah. Yeah. So how about if we change it that it's good to have two or three best friends and about ten friends who when one's not available, you could go to another one. How free will you feel when you don't have to be available always for them and they don't always have to be available for you? Good, but you also need one close friend that you could tell all the secrets to. Well, hold on. Notice, let's not change it to one. How about we make it three? Three close friends? Yeah. How's that going to work? What do you mean? There's room. Let's say one friend wants to go on vacation. Right. How choking, how fearful are you that that one friend might leave you? Or when your best friend talks to another girl that you start getting very, fe- very fearful. <gasps> I hope she's not talking. What did they talk about? I need to know exactly what they said. Do you ever find that happening? Yeah. Why do you think that's happening? Let's create the awareness in you. I'm scared she's going to leave me. That's right. Now, what would happen if you would have two other best friends? then I wouldn't be so scared. That's right. Now let's continue with the way. If you have one best friend and you're afraid she's going to leave you and then you attack her, what did you talk to that girl about? Why are you talking to her so much? What happens if you were that friend? So let's say I'm now being you and you being that girl. I'm not going to. What did you talk to her about? It's the second day in a row you're talking to her. You're my best (laughs) friend. You can't talk to her. How does it feel? I don't like it. I called you three times tonight. You didn't pick up. Why didn't you pick up? How does it feel? It's choking me. Bingo. There you go. Now, what happens mm-hmm. if you call this friend and this one's not available, you got another one? Right. And what I happens if you, if you don't even have your best friends, but you have now a sister that you can share some stuff with? Or you have other friends? Right. So you have to be close to a few people. That's right. But you still want... So it's the balance. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. 
Wonderful. So I would even ask you, I don't know if your family lets you or if your family has the book, but my book, chapter 10 is about being a leader. And you're going to recognize that when you're afraid you're losing people, sometimes we turn into a dictator, like we get tough, as we discussed now, like that choking feeling. And over there, I go into 10 points how to get out of it, how to allow people to make mistakes, allow people to grow, even allow your friend to leave. But if you've got other friends, it feels safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's so brave of yeah. you to call in. Sure. Thank you. Yes. Ms. P, you're on with Mordechai and this. By the way, did you want to say anything this about the, the girl? No, okay. Ms. P, you're on with Mordechai and this. Hello. Yes. Hi, um, we're two girls. We have a friend that considers herself very close to us, and she has a very hard life full of challenges and everything. She has a lot of help. People help her and everything about the, her life and everything. But she feels she really enjoys when people listen to all her problems. And it's a way of getting everyone's attention. And we feel like by listening to her, we're just encouraging her to talk so much about it that she gets so into it that she just keeps finding more problems and more problems. And by talking so much about it, she just gets depressed. But we can't really help her with all her problems. We feel like the only way we can help her is by listening to her. But we're, in a way, we're just encouraging her to talk more, talk about it more and more, and she just keeps finding more problems. We want to know if we're supposed to listen to her so much and allow it. We can't tell her not to talk about it, so we want to know what we're supposed to do about it. And Let's also sometimes... Mm-hmm. Hold on. So question number one is, can you tell her to stop, or how do you get her to stop is question number yeah, one. There's no way we can really help her if we tell her to stop. Well, it's going to hurt her. She's going to feel like we don't understand her. Okay, that's your opinion. Good. That's an opinion. I definitely hear that. So you can't and tell her to stop on second part of your question. And then sometimes she starts asking these Ashkofa questions, like sometimes she could say, for instance, that she feels that Hashem doesn't like her and everything because her, heart, her life is so hard and nobody has such a hard life. And we don't know what to answer. She doesn't really wait for an answer. She just keeps saying these questions. And we don't know if we're supposed to, what we're supposed to do. If we're supposed to yeah, we're just young girls. I know that she's getting her help, but when I talk to her... We don't know what to answer, and it's okay. us in a spot. Now, let me ask you something. It sounds like you've taken the role of her therapist. But she has her therapist and her people to help us, but she also relies on us to listen. Hold on. So contact her therapist. That's exactly the role. The therapist will guide you. The therapist knows what's best for her. Or not best. The therapist will work. What? We are allowed to talk to the therapist and tell her everything? Well, you're going to get the girl's permission to speak to the therapist. But then the girl's just going to be angry at us and hurt, and she won't accept it the right way. Well, we just took that. uh, You like uh, we're heading down one path, then we took another path. How do you know she goes to a therapist? She talks about her. Good. So then you tell her, we have questions on how to deal with you. You share with us. It's heavy. We need to ask your therapist some guidance. Say that again? She wouldn't want us to talk to her therapist. She's going to feel threatened if we talk. Why would she feel threatened? You're throwing out emotions out there. What I would like you to recognize is you're making assumptions and you're speaking to her, which could either be helpful or harmful. But this, I think this, we heard, she told us that the therapist encourages her to talk to, to friends. We do and not know what the therapist says until you speak to therapists. Right. The thing is, we also don't know what to believe. And That's the point. That's why you want to contact the therapist. So what you can tell her is, look, we are not acting as your friend. We're acting as your listening board and as your therapist. We have questions. We need guidance. If you want to speak to us as a friend, then speak to us as friend stuff. What's happening in your day, not negative stuff. But what if we tell her this and she takes it the wrong way? She will will. take it the wrong way or she'll take it the right way. Now, by continuing this way is not healthy. 
But we tried it once, like in a smaller, like smaller way. Like we tried saying kinting something, yeah. and she just got all upset. Of course, that we just don't understand her. That's right. And the answer is I don't, and I need. We need guidance. Understand that if you continue, guidance. we should talk to somebody else. I'm not really sure. Let's clarify. Let's clarify. You, you might be harming her. Do you want to harm her? No. So why we want? Where we were waiting for them to contact us. No, contact. they do not know to contact therapists. Do not have the time to contact people. That's not how it goes. But there's so many people that are involved in everything. Well, then you need to contact them. You need to reach out and say, I need help. We need guidance. So we can go do it behind her back without her telling her that we're... I don't like behind the backs, but you can do that. means you can call up whoever, if there's a parent or something, and say, we are this and this friends. If she is a licensed therapist, she will tell you the same thing I need to tell you. I may not speak to you without the client's permission. I cannot even say that I know this client. That is a legal response, and I stick to that. And that is what any licensed professional will do. And if she doesn't, if the girl does not give us permission to talk, now to her. you will make a choice. And what I would really recommend is saying, since we are are unsure if we're helping, we might be making it worse. We want to just be your friend. If you want to be a friend, you can be the friend. But we feel you're treating us like a therapist, and we're not trained, and we don't know how to deal with it. So we're not taking the therapist's role. It's imagine you're coming over to me, you're having chest pains and you're having a heart attack and you're calling me on air. Do you know what I'm going to tell you? You hang up, you call Hatzalah or 911 right now. But please, Mordechai, you're a great therapist. Wonderful that I'm a great therapist, but I'm not a cardiologist and I don't know what signs to do. Hatzalah right, so does. What would you say that we answer when she says these things? Should, what do you think? Should we listen to her? My Should answer is as follows. Her? Listen to my answer very clearly because if you think you're going to repeat it three times, you see, that's what she does to you. She repeats her question three times and then you... Capitulate, you give up. Let me clarify what I'm going to respond to you. Your question, you're helping her, might be harming her. And since I don't know if it's helping her or harming her, we need to speak to the professional that is a cardiologist. The but cardiologist, in this case, is the therapist. But there's another problem that she talks to so many people that we can't, we don't know all the girls she talks to, so what are we supposed to do? Oh, now you're busy still worrying about that. Now, you become the therapist. How do I prevent her and how do I help her? That's not your role. Your role is to well, ask is that to role? the therapist. Notice, do you see how you've taken the therapy role? That is That's a therapist's so work. Role? That's our question. Are we supposed to listen to her? Are we, what are we supposed to do? She doesn't let us talk Which about part? Her. Okay, let me rephrase that. it a fourth time. What was my response the first three okay, times? Just, okay, so I guess we just... I didn't hear your response. Repeat it. What was my response three times? That we should contact the therapist. Why? I'm going to throw... Now, let's change roles. You're going to be Mordechai and I'm going to be you. I have a friend that I'm talking to, and let's assume you're Mordechai that you have experience in therapy, and I have no idea what in the world I'm doing. We're talking to this girl. We don't know if it's helping her or not, and we're afraid that it's making it worse because all she's doing is, by talking, it's getting worse and worse and more and more negative. Do we talk to her or do we stop? She's going to tell us and... No, no, what's Mordechai? What would Mordechai tell you? If you're the therapist, what would you say? You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea. But why ask the therapist? You're a good therapist. Because no, we're not. No, if you if you guys were Mordechai, what would you say? That's I have. We I can't know. You have to talk to the therapist. That's right. Everything about her without a complete evaluation, without knowing what's healthy or what's not healthy. It's called mm-hmm. splitting sometimes when they talk to 5,000 people and the therapist might actually tell you, thank you for reaching out. What you need to tell this girl is, you are a healthy, normal girl. You cannot share with me any problems. You can talk to me about happy stuff. Let's talk about girl stuff. Let's talk about the teachers. Let's talk about what homework no, we're going to do. No, but it's not about her. It's really about us. This time our question is about us. It's not really about her anymore. Okay, where's the question getting to you? I didn't hear a question about you. I heard the what question is... What am I is, supposed to answer? Well, hold on. Why are you talking myself? to her? 
she, she said we should just. I don't get it. What is your question? What are you supposed to answer her when she says what? Even when she asks you that. Why are you even bringing? Why are you talking? You should not be discussing that with her. If the therapist I says don't, really don't have talk. Sure you. Oh, now here's there we go. Welcome to the world of therapy. I so appreciate you bringing this up because now I can get to share some of my pain. Do you know how painful it is and how many years it took me with supervision to be able to get out of that trap that when people come to me, me, Mordecai Weinberger has to have the answer to everyone? It took me a long time to let go of the controller just because I have a couple of letters at the end of my name. I went to two years to college for that. means I actually am not the Rabbi Nishalaylam. Like, it took me a while to let go of that role. She can take it also. Like, if she asked me No, a she puts you into that role. She puts yeah, you into the role of the Rabbi Nishalaylam. If That's I right. didn't answer any of her questions, and she feels that, right, I'm right. That's right. Thank you. Now, do you realize that you're getting into a very heavy case with no experience and no one guiding you, and the more you're helping out, the more it might harm the girl, and the more it might harm you. Right. So now, right. what's my recommendation right. to you? Because I know for a fact, I heard your answer, oh, I appreciate Wait, what it. is my response to you? What? We, we, what you have to say, but I, it's not a possible, it's not a po something possible. Because we know she's not going to allow us. We just know it. Well, then, what will be yours? Now, let me ask you something. If you have a chance that you're harming someone, a good chance you're harming someone, and the person won't, so you're on the phone, you're calling me up, Hasram, I'm having a heart attack right now. Mordechai, I'm not going to call Hatsala, and I want you to continue talking to me. What do you think I will say? But if we would be harming her, somebody would have told I her asked you, what will I say first? I can't do anything. I will say, I am going to hang up that because you wish to, wish to remain unhealthy, I don't want to be on the phone with you if you're having a heart attack. Either call Hatsala, but I'm hanging up, or 911, but I am going. That's something that you're not trained. You're not aware of in therapy. When we have two supervisors, right, we're going, uh, uh, when we are going to, th when we go to college and we do internship, we have a, th a supervisor in college, we have a supervisor in the internship. And both of them, one of the important lessons that we learn in therapy that I've got in the book in chapter five is about how to learn how to say no in a nice way. But if you don't learn how to say no, you will cause more damage than help. That is one of the biggest things that we're going to be learning in the parenting course that we're going to be having in two days. And that is to learn that the parent needs to be the leader, that even if the kid cries and throws a fit, how or when to feel safe and comfortable. And that's what we're going to be discussing. I would say one of the biggest issues that parents have in parenting is exactly what you're discussing. If you will not learn how to say no with a healthy no, with a love, with kindness, with a smile, not to get angry, not to get triggered, not to fool because she has asked the question five times. What, why, why should I answer no? So well, you think at the end of the game... Let's take another question. Maybe instead of a heart attack, you can relate to it. If someone's got a terrible infection, they're complaining to you about how bad the infection is going all the way up their arm and you're afraid, and you just let them... Will you continue to let them talk? You'll say at a certain point, I don't want to hear you fetch about the arm. You must go to a doctor now. What would you okay. say? So you think at the end of the game she's going to appreciate us doing this? We never know what she will. She might not, but you still have I to do yours. And if she doesn't, did we do something let's wrong? Go, let's go right back to the question. So someone's got a horrible infection. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And you're just talking to them. Because you're talking to them, they're for sure not getting better. It's only mm -hmm. getting worse. Would you continue talking to them? No. But it might, they might not appreciate it. But we know we mean her good. So. And, and she might not go to a doctor even after you stop talking to her. 
So do you think maybe we should go to principal? Oh, definitely. You should be getting all the help you could. You should be speaking to your parents about it. You should be speaking to your teacher, to the principal. I know, and but I'm afraid to speak to my parents openly about it just because I'm afraid that they won't like the idea and I really want to help her. Oh, well, hold on. Who comes first? Recognize, because you don't like the answer your parents will give, which they have more experience and more knowledge, so you'd rather just cut them out. Is that no, healthy? because I know that they won't like the relationship, and I really want to help her. I don't want to cut it. Ah, so you want to keep the relationship going. Your, your family will probably tell you that it's not healthy, your parents. It's got to end, and you believe you can help her. Maybe your parents will actually discuss it with you and tell you how heavy it is. Maybe they'll set limits. You can talk to her twice a week. Maybe we start opening up and we get advice. You guys are set to get an answer yes or no on how to. And what I'm telling you is it is so complicated that it's not a yes and no answer. This is where adults with experience get to learn that there's gray areas in life. I guess this is the only way, right? Yeah, so let's understand. Um, so it's cute. Someone just sent a message. Girl A is you. Girl B keeps repeating the question. Case closed. Next question, please. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. No, I want you to know that is this person's belief. I personally like your question very much. I think it's very important because I believe teenagers are getting your issues. Teenagers are being put in a place where other girls are opening up to other girls and then they threaten you or they warn you or they tell you, I told it to you in secrecy, you could never tell anyone. This is what's happening a lot and I'm getting those questions and that's why I'm spending the time on this. Right, I'm actually representing a lot of girls. I didn't tell them I'd be calling, but I know there's so many That's girls. That's right, and none of you girls should have been in this situation. Had it been healthy or healthier, you would feel safe to discuss this with a teacher. You need an adult experience in here, and the teachers and principals need an adult licensed person in this. Understand how complicated your question is. I don't even yeah, have so the we answer. We should really focus on to make sure that we're not doing any harm. Of course. The first rule in therapy is do no harm. If I would tell you the amount of clients that I've gotten and I've sent away because it's not my expertise, mm -hmm. which means I see that you need three, four therapists. I'm not able to run that deal, that whole situation. And I need to know that if me taking the case will make it worse. Do I take it? But they like me. They hear me on the radio. No, I will make it worse. I feel bad. But I'm not the right shliach. Okay, thank you thank so much. Thank you for being brave yeah. enough and calling up. Thanks. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll call in next week. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank and you by so the way, someone sent a message over here. Girl A and B are doing great for everyone in this room, and I'm sure a lot of rooms. So thank you. So now you're getting chizik from someone that didn't like the attack that you got. Great. <laughs> yes. Okay, thank you so, so much. So just know there's a lot going on, a lot of feedbacks coming in. Yeah. Okay, thank you, sir. You're welcome. You know, this is the things that uh, we really uh, uh, address here that, uh, you know, we have to find this girl, uh, no, no, we, I'm saying that I'm not teenagers, but <laughs> we find the people that, that we can trust, build trust, again, trust and trust and trust, adults, build trust with your teenage, with your kid, children, with your neighbor, trust is the most important things that they can open and take, talk about the problem, talking about things. And if you see something that it's not, not so, you know, so-called so suspicions, just pick up, you know, and talk with, with the boy, the girl, because you don't want to push him away. Yes. Okay, we have Miss, uh, Miss B. Miss B, you're on with Mordechai. Yes, hi. Um, 
I'm 11 years old, and I have this girl in my class. She's, like, constantly telling me, like, you're so obsessed with this, you're so obsessed with that. And I want to know, is there, like, anything I could say I could, like, avoid? or? Could like, you just say it anything? again? Hold on. Just say it again, please. I'm 11 years old, and I have this girl in my class. She's constantly telling me, like, you're so obsessed, you're so obsessed, and it's really getting me, like, annoyed. I want to know, is there, like, any, um, like, anything to tell her or anything to do about it? Sure. Sure, and I appreciate the question. What would happen if you would tell your friend, not when she's upset, to tell her, you know, sometimes we speak, you repeat the words about negative words, like, I'm so upset, I'm so angry, I'm so hurt. Can we try focusing that, that when we speak, it's only once a day that you say you're upset, but the rest is just happy stuff? But that's said like a middle of a classroom, like, whatever, you're so obsessed, and... Okay, so you can now tell this this friend and say, can we have a relationship where you do not say mention the word upset at all? I'm on the bus every day, and there's someone that has a little bit of an issue. It means he's not 100%. And he asks me, Mordechai, are you tired? Are you tired? Like, that's his question. Repeats it over and over. Part of my work that I worked with him is, how about we change it to Mordechai, are you happy? So I tell the guy, and then this guy goes, Mordechai, you tired? And I don't respond. He goes, ah, I know why. Because I asked you, are you tired? Mordechai, are you happy? And we got issues like that that come up. So it's about training. Mentioning again the parenting. I've done something on the phone line to illustrate the simple and how positive, because some people were asking, you know, when you're going to do a parenting class, it's going to be controlling and the kids will feel controlled. And therefore, just to illustrate how gentle parenting is, I had that when anyone asks now a question for me to read on the phone line, they first have to share a positive. What they gained from the phone line or from the radio programs. And we've gotten it. And people are now starting to say, Mordechai, I appreciate I gained. And someone sent that. And I told, even someone even asked a great question. I said, I really would like to answer your question. By first, just please write a positive. And they go, great idea. And they shared a positive and then the question. So it's about training. It's all with a smile. Imagine you tell this friend, even if you think I'm upset or disappointed, we don't ask that question. Just ask me, am I happy? No, it's obsessed, not upset. All right, obsessed. Whatever the words are, you can change it. Let me get your question. Maybe I'm not getting it. There's a friend that says you're obsessed during class? No, like, like let's say before my teacher walks in, she's like announcing it. Like, you're still, like, yeah. Like, yeah, that's my question. And so like, I'm getting your question now completely different now. So I'm sorry. All right. And let's see if I got your question. Your question is if a girl would get up, just in general, say, you're so obsessed, let's say, about ice cream. She'd say, you're so obsessed about ice cream. Is that the issue? Yeah. All right. Now, how would you feel comfortable to know that's probably a sign that you're a leader? Which means, I remember when I was in yeshiva, there was a geshmaka bacher, like the most geshmaka bacher that there was in our class, and he was actually losing his hair a little young. Now, if anyone sees me, I'm pretty bold. So, But when we were still in yeshiva, so he must have been 18 years old, and he started losing his hair, and he, we were just talking. He says, you know something? Everyone is giving me comments about my hair. It's breaking me. And there was a Rebbe over there, and the Rebbe says, that's just because you're popular. Popular people will be getting comments from people, and some people that are positive will share positive, some people that are negative will share negative, and some people are positive, they just only know how to share that one point that they see, so they might even share negative. So are you popular? Um, not really. No? Are you someone that would answer questions and say things and speak your mind? Yeah. Yeah, that means popular. Because most girls don't. 
Will you be from the top five girls in your class that speak the most or more loud or will answer questions? I do answer questions, but not like one of the top five kids. No, think about it. Are you from the top five? Think about it again. Well, I like I answer questions like a lot, but like okay. not like by recess, not like like okay. not like like talking so loud like that. All right, I don't mean loud as in a loud voice. What I mean is your voice is heard. You express yeah. yourself, and people that express themselves, people view them as leaders. Someone just asked if we could please do this show twice a week. <laughs> they love this show. But can you recognize that, that if you are more out there, you're going to get more positive comments, more negative comments? In fact, to be honest with you, I could deal with negative comments, the silence, I wasn't getting messages or the connection from the book. That was hurting me the most. <laughs> so it's selling, my book is selling, and I wasn't getting feedback. Actually, the book was selling like hotcakes, still is. Does that make sense to you, or you would think it's something else? Yeah, but like, is there anything like I'd be able to tell her, like, not, like, that? Like, sure, you could tell her one-on-one. -on -one. You could tell her, yeah, you know, I do get embarrassed, or I feel hurt when you make a comment, when you say, I'm obsessed. Maybe just say, wow, that was so smart, or I want to be a friend, or could we do something? You can teach people what to say, what words to use. Hey, thank you. Wait, does that make sense? Yes. Good. Now, I'd like you to try it on me. So I'm going to be your friend. And how? what would you tell me? Um, it really makes me upset when you do it. Um, could you please stop? Okay. Now, I'm going to try that on you and tell me how you feel. You know, it really makes me upset when you do that. Could you please stop? How did you feel? A little bit um, annoyed. Upset. Right. How about we try it a little bit differently? You know, I really appreciate that you notice what I do and that you see me. It's just sometimes when you use the words like you're so obsessed, like negative, I take it a little personal. I know you don't mean it. Could you like, if you want to make a comment about me, say like, oh, that's so smart, like really good or good job. Like give me like a pat on the back. That would make me feel so much better when you do that. Do you think you can do that? Um, not really. No? All right. Why not? Because I'm embarrassed. I can front my whole class. Oh, no, you don't do it in front of the whole class. Thank you for clarifying that. Oh, my mistake. What we'd like you to do is you'll go over to her before class or at lunch and tell her, let's say her name is Shandy. Shandy, could I ask you something? Like privately, just you and her. Now, try that. So I'll go, Shandy, could I ask you something? Uh, yeah, okay, in five minutes. Or yeah, okay, sure. Um, can we, you know, sometimes I make a comment. You say, oh, you're so obsessed. And I appreciate that you actually make a comment. It's just when you say like so obsessed, like it bothers me a little. So if you could, like, just give me, like, physical, like, a good word, like, wow, good job. It's brave of you to ask the question, or that's a nice co question. I disagree with it, but it's nice. How do you view that? Good. Excellent. Now, try that on me. So you're going to be the girl that, like, bothers? I'm going to be the friend. Okay, so um, it really bothers me when you, like... Let's start with the pot, or, hi, can we... Okay, go ahead. You know, let's start that way. Go ahead. Um, It bothers me, like, when you, like, always, like, when a lot of times you're saying, like, I'm obsessed. Like, not that I want to be mean, but, like, it bothers me. Could would be able to say it, like, give, could give me, like, some chizak. Good. 
Good. Now let's try it a little bit differently, which is when we start with it bothers me when you do, the kid automatically feels attacked. The person feels attacked. Can we try it now with drop differently? And it's going to go like this. I appreciate that you notice that I do things. Notice the positive? Yeah. You want to start with the positive. Start it that way. But when you say it that way in a negative, it hurts me. So now I'll start with the positive first. I appreciate when you give me some chizek, but like it bothers me when you do it. You tell me. Good. So try it again now. Now tell me the whole speech. I really appreciate, like, when you give me, like, a lot of things, like, just, like, bothers me, like, when you, like, tell me what I'm worried Wait, about. Let's start with a positive. What's the positive? Just say it again. I appreciate when you tell me, like, what I'm, what I'm thinking in my mind, but it bothers me. Good. Okay. I would say pretty good. Notice, I'm going to use your words. I appreciate that you know what I'm thinking, but it bothers me. How do you feel? Do you feel attacked? Or do you feel good? Do you feel a little attacked? Could we do it in a way that's just a discussion? It's not about you. It's like, I appreciate that you notice what I do, and I like you. Sometimes, you don't have to say you, or like, it bothers you. Like, sometimes, not like always, like they shouldn't feel attacked. Sometimes, it, it hurts me. So what I'd like is you could just like give a positive comment, like, good job. Now let me ask you, someone sent us over here a message that she understands your pain and saying you should just ignore it. And this person is claiming that I'm not understanding you, that she means that your friend says she's making fun that you're obsessed with teachers. Is that what your friend is telling you, that you're obsessed with teachers? Yeah. Nice. That's someone, because I didn't get that. So saying, she's saying you're so obsessed with teachers. What would you like to tell her? How would you like, what would you like your friend to tell you? Um, it's very interesting that you, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm always like having dreams about her, concerned teachers. Like, I have been seeing out this, so this girl, whatever, so she's giving me saying you're so upset because whatever, I tell them, tell them they have these dreams about her. Yeah. So, like, that's what she came and telling me, like, that, that you're so obsessed with this teacher, like that, so. Okay. Great. Good job. I'd like to now share with um, so many of our listeners now um, some positive feedback that I'm getting about the book. So here's one of them. Hey, Mr. Weimerger, your book is absolutely out of this world. I cried when reading certain chapters. Everyone I speak to heard about it from me, and they all want to read it. By the time I finished reading it, they were so sick of hearing it from me. But don't worry, they're still listening to your phone line, and they will all read the book. Every time I pass the bookstore, I check up on those books to see if the pile is smaller and see who's buying it. Thanks. So I want to thank you for that, because that is the chizuk that just I get in the phone line, and I get over here from the radio, but I'm not getting it from the book. I'm not getting the feedbacks. Savlanut. Savlanut. Patience, you know, I'll get it. Thank you. And we also got another one over here. Hi, your book is amazing. Got to get another one because husband and me both want to read it at the same time. Unbelievable from cover to cover. Read it together. Yeah, read it. Ah, I actually agree with that one. Read it together. I didn't even think of that. Telling you, this is. I think this is very important. With a couple, read together. Yes, one read page, one page together and comment each other. Yes, it could be very interesting and interactive. 
Yes, especially the book is very thought-provoking. There's a lot of thoughts in there. Harav Nissen, who do we got next on the line? Hey, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for being so brave. Thank you. Shlaimi. You're on with Mordechai and Nissim. Hello? Yes. Hello, I have a, a hello. I really like um, your your show, I, and I want to tell you thank you. I, I hear so much things that could really help me, and I have a question. Good. Hold on. What would you say you heard? You sound like a cute boy. What did you hear that helped you? Any thoughts? Yeah, like when you're talking about kids and the teachers, yeah. it helps me behave more in class. It gives me more opportunity to listen. And Wow, that is nice. And I want you to know, I asked you a question on the spot that many times adults go, oh, I don't have what to say. And you're able to think of it and say it so clearly. You are a very smart boy. And a lot of talents. I mean, I could go through several talents that it took to do that. Your head is on the spot means when you get something that you're not ready for. You're able to put your thoughts and then say it, articulate it clearly is an entirely different skill. You are also confident to speak loud and on air with so many people listening. And each of these are harder when it's on air and you did all that. So, wow, that is real strong leadership ability. Thank you. Now, let's go ahead. What is your question? I really want to ask you an idea because I always bite my nails, and I can't stop it. Every time it grows, I just bite it. I try to stop it. Yes. So, one of the tricks that you do is it's possible that you got used to the habit of biting nails. That means when it's something is a habit, we do it without even thinking. So sometimes we start something because there is a need, and then, yeah. we just, then we just get stuck into it. Many people have that with diets and with foods. means they're nervous and they're emotional eaters. And then once they're not nervous anymore, but they already gained the weight, they go, oh, forget, I'll just eat. And that's the beauty sometimes of a diet is that you're on the diet. You might cheat, but just stay on it. Even if you're off it a couple of days, just stay on it because it's the process. So now let's go take that to you about biting your nails. Is there a way that you could, let's say, just squeeze your thumb every time? What? Let's assume you could squeeze your thumb every time you want to bite your nails. Even if you bite your nails, you remind yourself you will squeeze your thumb. Yeah. Would that help you? Maybe I will get to squeeze my thumb. We want to first change the behavior. We want to change you another way. So just like with your fingers, just squeeze your thumb instead of yeah. biting your nails. Because sometimes once you get that, once, once you transfer to a second behavior, that second behavior is much easier to stop. It's always that immediate first behavior that's harder to deal with. Okay. Do you think you can try that? So go yeah. ahead, squeeze now your thumb. And then let's notice if it changes. Like if you do this, and even if you stop biting your nails, you remind yourself, oh, I was supposed to squeeze my thumb. Stop in the middle and just squeeze your thumb. Okay. Excellent. And call up next week and tell us how it went. Okay? Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. All right, Harav Nissen, who's next? Ms. S., you're on the air with Mordechai and Nissen. Hello? Yes. Um... Yeah, just one minute. Yeah, so I read your book, 
And I must say that it's very good. It's actually terrific. Thank you. And I just have one little problem. Go ahead. You know what? Let's start. What did, can you give me the one detail that you like about the book so we could go into the one detail that you don't, that you have an issue with it? Um, so I like the way you give the takeaway. Yes, that is the Gemaris, the concepts, right. yes. Beautiful. Um, it just shows how true everything is. I Be- like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yes, so you get to see how everything that I mentioned is really all Torah. Mm-hmm. And thousands of years before the word psychology ever came out. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Now, what is your issue with the book? So, I read one chapter about... Um, I saw myself like a bit too much in... There's this chapter about this boy that's kind of depressed. I think there's a lot of those. <laughs> no, um, like this boy and then you... Could you tell me which chapter it is? You tell him to stay by his sister's house like once or twice a week? Yes, that is at the end of the chapters, the appendix or things. Okay, fine. No, no, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Whatever it is, I read that and I saw myself a bit too much. Uh-huh. So and now you think you got to follow. Like I put it away and I felt like this book is great, but I know how to deal with it now that I know. Like, it was like too much of an audio prayer. Ah, what you're saying is, wait, I hear two points over here. Number one, when you saw a solution that worked for one kid that they should have not that they should not remain in their house for whatever reasons, you assume now that is an option you need to take. No, no, mm-hmm. I don't. No, then what is your, so clarify that part. So I'm just saying that, like, to remind you, like, what I'm speaking about, the thing is basically, I don't know, how to deal with it because right. So you found a lot of denials, issues going on in your life, and now you're aware that you need to deal with it. Right. Yes. Now, it's beautiful that you read the book. We created the awareness. It's beautiful that you're calling up. And now, take a guess what my suggestion would be. Reach out to an adult and start getting help. Could be a teacher, machanechas. Get help. Um, Don't do it alone. You're not alone out there. I know, but what do you do in a situation when you can't really... Like, I would love to get help, but there's a certain member of my family that wouldn't wouldn't like it if I get help. Of course not. Notice what I said, speaking to a teacher. A mechanechas, a teacher. First open right. up. But that wouldn't either work. So you're completely trapped. Right. Oh, and usually what I tell clients are, give me five options. As long as you don't have options in your mind, you will feel trapped and you're going to resent that person. When you have five options in your mind, one option is talk anyway. One option is don't speak. We always take the two extremes. Now that we got two out of the way, tell me the other three. You'll notice how many um, options there are or what you could do. You can speak to an aunt. You can speak to a cousin. You can speak to a sister. You can speak to... on a paper? What? Write yes, you can write it down on paper. Excellent. That's a start. Journaling, yes. But, I don't know. I feel like when I start writing, then the thoughts 
overflow me and I can't, like, I'm just paralyzed. I can't. Right. It's, that's exactly what happens when you do it alone. That's exactly why I wrote the book, to create the awareness for someone like you. <laughs> if you do it alone, notice we've got to be that special chapter for every human being, and that is chapter 7, unlock your support, seeking encouragement versus going it alone. You're going to see yourself in chapter 7 so much over there. I'd recommend right. you read it alone. Um, Being alone and in your trap will create a greater darkness and greater anxiety. And it's not because of the book, because you have it without the book. That means people didn't read my book wouldn't have any anxiety because no one got them aware of it. No, our subconscious feels trapped in pain. Right. It's screeching. That's why I read the book. That's right. You're reading it and then I'll give you more information, but you're still trapped. Right. And the next step is you even called up. Look how brave you are. Look how you're breaking that trapness. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Uh, yes, writing down is one option. So we got the two extremes. Now we got a third okay, one. Can you give me so two more options? I have this cousin I speak to. Good. Hold on. She feels like it's already a bit too much, and we both feel like that. Like Good. So now ask much. her who else can you speak to that's still safe within your family system. So... I can't really speak to any of my siblings or my parents. Okay. Because, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised. Why not? Why can't you? Let's say one of the parents is the issue. Let's just assume that. Don't you think the other one you can speak to? Usually in a family, there's one right, parent. Right, because then I'm going to hurt that parent. Ah, so opening up your pain. So that is now called codependence. Right. Which means I will not take care of myself because taking care of myself or hurt another one means it's either me being hurt or them being hurt. So I'd rather be the one that's hurt. Basically, I'm too gentle with myself. You're too sense. No, you're thinking of others too much. Now, I got a question to you. That person, if you don't talk about them, are they still in pain? Yeah. That's right. So by you talking out to that healthy parent, which recognize that is your healthy parent's job, your parent's job is to be there for you. Even if it's hurtful and painful, that's part of a parent's job. Right. So what's happening is you're actually cutting out your parents from doing their job. Imagine you have a pain. You got a doctor, but I'm not going to go to the doctor. No, the doctor is so overwhelmed. So overwhelmed. When I wait there, doctor office is always an hour and a half wait. No, I'll have Rahmanus on him and I won't go. That's the doctor's job. And there's a waiting waiting list. There's like, oh, you wait an hour because that's just how it goes. That's a parent's job. Part of our job is to be there for parent, for kids. You think their job is just to spend money to give you clothing and pay for your tuition? Like, no. Is that the only role? Do you think, do you think hey, I'm no. a parent. Do you know how upset I, I would be if that's just my job? I'm just an ATM machine, just produce money. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. So here, you got a problem. It's a big problem, and you're not even going to go to your parent that's working so hard to pay for you and to take care of all that stuff so you can have an emotional and a rachnius healthy life? Parents are the way to go. Uh, you can even share with your healthy parent. You know how scared I am to open up to you because it's going to hurt the other parent? Right, but I'm scared to do that. <laughs> I got you. So maybe with that other cousin that you opened up with, that person can help you out. He or she can give you a chizik and help build it right, up. Maybe that tried, cousin. But, like, she tried, but I wasn't. All right, maybe she can speak to like your. She tried, her mother tried it. No, but maybe they can speak to your parent, the healthy one, directly. Right, that's why they tried. 
and you didn't let or your parent didn't want to listen? The healthy one. Like, by the way that, by the way that parent sounded, it wasn't like really working. Well, then here is where I would recommend that your that your cousin or your aunt, so whoever they are, their parents and them, they get a professional suggestion, professional advice, so you don't have to go, but they can ask others. Okay. All right? Yeah. Great. Here we got another beautiful message about the book. Thank you all, because this is giving me life as well. I'm an avid listener of your lines. I told my friends about your book. She bought it and loves it. She said it's a lot of Chachmas Achayim and it's practical. And I got a compliment too. She told me the book is so much like you. I feel like I'm learning your secrets. P.S. I didn't read it yet, but listen and update it a lot from your Shiarim. Thanks. Keep on climbing. I appreciate that. Merit Hashem. Plan on doing that. We will take one more caller, Thank you Thank for you. calling in. You're welcome. Thank you. Mrs. A? A. Mr. A. Hello? Hi. Yes. Yeah, I'm calling on behalf of a kid in my class. Yeah. That I advised him to call, but he didn't want to. Okay. So, with his permission, I'm calling you now. And he's really, really getting bullied in my class. Yeah. Wow. By most of the class, he's getting bullied. What do you think he should do? Let me ask you, what do you think he should do? He tried a lot of things. He told the Rebbe, he told his parents, he told the kids, and it's getting really bad. He's trying what he's happened? not to go well, let's, to school. Let's understand what happened when he told his parents. <coughs> they, they told the teacher. Yeah. And the teacher tried taking care of it, but they're doing it behind the teacher's back. And uh, did he still tell the teacher? He told the teacher, and the teacher told the kids that are bullying him. To, he's asking them what's going on in class, and but they're like not stopping, and it's getting really bad. I'll tell you, I really think he should be speaking to his parents again and tell them it's really serious, and I don't want to go to yeshiva anymore. He, he's not going. Like he's skipping some time in school. Okay, then it's time for the parents. So right now. It's His parents are involved in it, but then right, they need to really. The suggestion would be that he should that he should ask his parents to get help where he needs to get some more. It's too the issue I see is too serious. I shouldn't say serious, which is generally when parents are involved and teachers are involved, the kids stop. And if it's not stopping, then the principal gets involved because that's the job of a principal. Could you think about it? what does a principal do? He's not teaching all day. What does he do in that office? He just walks the halls? No, the principle is that he's managing several classes or several grades, and if there's an issue, he devotes his time to that. But it's not only one kid. I know. Yeah. Like. I know, but that's the school is supposed to be equipped how to deal with bullying. I happen to have my next course that I'd like to do is going to be for teachers during the summer. Like a parenting class, so a teacher's class, and one of the most important components is probably going to be a day and a half devoted just to bullying. It's simple to take care of. It's not complicated. You just need that work. And Merit Hashem, that is my, you know, I always have goals. The next goal is going to be a, a teacher's uh, lecture system. Because I, I can't give it, I don't know how to help your friend if the parents are involved, the teacher's involved, and probably the principal's involved, and it's still not helping. 
And so I don't have the solution other than to really tell the parents, please get involved. We need your help. It's, it's so serious. I don't want to go to yeshiva. Or like if he's cutting, say I'm cutting not because I'm, not cause I'm sick, because I'm faking being sick. He's not faking. He's calling his parents up and asking them to pick him up from school. Yeah. Yes. And the he's most... He's not even trying to fake it. Yeah. The most that we can do is maybe how about the same way you're brave enough to call in? Call up his parents. Say, I am your friend's son. And you know something? He's really crying to me. It's so painful to him. Maybe they need to hear it from somewhere else that, that their son is talking to other friends how hard it is. But one thing that doesn't make sense, the kids that were bullying him called him up for forgiveness. Yeah. And just, he, they had to spend like about an hour on the phone asking for forgiveness. And just the next day they started bullying him again. Yeah. Because sometimes I wonder if they're really asking for forgiveness or if they were told they have to. Many times a school might have told them to do it, but don't tell the kid we told you. But they're, they don't, or many times these bullies aren't even aware of their actions. When I've done once, uh, like I've once done a two evening course on the bullying, part of what we want to realize is that sometimes the bullies aren't even bullies. They're not aware of what they're doing. And they need to be taught how to be gentler. So it's very complicated. What really needs, what I would recommend is maybe you call up the parents or have your parents call up the parents and say, you know, your son's really talking to my son and it hurts a lot. They are aware of what they're doing because I've told them a lot of times that I've told them what they're doing and he's, and then they're just saying like, like they don't know what to say when I tell them that because they're feeling stupid that I'm telling them about what they're doing. Yes. I told them you're ruining the kid. He's, the kid's already stopping to learn. He's stopping to come to school. So now what I would tell you, Master A, you are a special kid. You're very clear. You're very focused. Every suggestion that I've suggested was taken. You're clear with the way it was taken. Your friend is still talking to you. And here is where we try a little bit betachen. And betachen means not the emunah that we believe in Hashem, but the betachen is where we turn it over to him. And maybe we can both daven for your friend <clears throat> that he should be successful and that the Rabbi should send the right shliach to help. So once we've done all the right steps, now we have to let go. And let go doesn't mean drop it. Let go means we daven and now inner, inside, feel that inner peace that we've tried everything and let, let, let the Rabbi do the next steps. So what are we meant to do now? Just let the kid not come to school and let him not yes. learn? Yes. Now let's, let's look at this. Because don't yeah. want him in the class. Now let's take this. What happens when he doesn't go to school? Do you know what's going to happen? The parents are going to have him home. And then they're going to have to start saying, what's going on over here? He's got to get to school. And they're going to start... know why he's leaving school. I know that. But they then, know he's getting bullied. So there's they a... And they're really... They don't know what to do already. Oh, but they do know. And they can reach out. They can ask professionals. So many times, many times, I want you to understand something. There's a concept about the process of life. It means if we want to make a million dollars today, it won't happen. You're young, but for those listening, in my chapter, I got an entire chapter called, it's about the process, and that is chapter 8, called Slow and Steady versus Quick and Easy. Sometimes we need to slow down and let the slow and steady process happen. It means maybe he'll be home for a week, maybe he'll be home for six months. But at a certain point, things are going to change when he's home long enough. 
And if we don't allow the natural process to happen, then things won't change. But this is not going on for a day or two. It's going for like a few months. Yes. Yes. The kid just came to school about two years ago and just... I got the pain. I got the pain. I feel the pain with you. Harav Nissan, what do you want to say? It's uh, unfortunate sometimes. Uh, you know, as you said, we have... We have to do, you have to do the course for teachers, for Anala. We try to do it with Rabbi Barzilai. Yes, and yes, I remember uh, we, that. We are very, you know, it's very frustrated that uh, we, can, we, we feel the pain. We see the kids that get bullied and sometimes because political correction, because they, they and I, t I said uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe to say it in the area, but Sometimes this the bullying kids is belong to the the Hashub family or to someone and everybody afraid to touch him. I'm sorry to tell you, this is not the Yiddish Christ. This is not Yadut. We have to protect each other. We have to protect our, like our kids because this the other kids that being bullied can be outsider and you know can damage for life and I would say that can in in a simple word, the murder is soul. And the teacher Take it in your responsibility because you standing in the class and you're responsible in these kids. And I'm telling you, the teachers see my kids more than I see them. Definitely, especially in the, the long hours of the yeshiva, they have a responsibility. This is an asata venatata beemuna. They have to be fair to their profession. Sorry. Even it's tough. I'm not saying it's not it's, it's easy. But dear teachers... And I beg you again and again to the Lord and the teachers, beg and ask them, please, be aware about around the surrounding. Because every kid that we are losing, we're losing our whole generation. Yeah. And just to share, we got some questions about the book. The book's name is Alive, A 10-Step Guide to a Vibrant Life. Written by me, Mordechai Weimar, LCSW, for those of you listening and don't know who you're listening to. And there's a forward by Dr. Abraham Tversky, which is honored. just want to read two messages that people gave because I feel it's important to those teenagers that ask. For the special girls that want to help their friend can understand your hesitation to reach out. Well, we just got some messages and I just lost what I was reading. <laughs> which can happen sometimes when we get all those messages. We got the tons of messages. We can, sorry that we cannot answer. Yeah, tons, we tons did not stop calls. getting yeah. messages. They and don't stop coming. Phone, phone calls. So, yeah. All right, someone asked me a question. Let's go ahead and deal with you, Mr. A, Boy A. You know, yeah, we'll take that one more question with the timing. I thought we'll stop. We'll take it till 10. Then. Why don't you tell the kid to form a strong group like the rest of the class bystanders to stand up to the bullies? Now, you're right. I do that all the time. But what I hear over here is a very different question. There are parents involved. There are teachers involved. And it's not working. I don't want to start. It means I'm missing some information. Something's going on here that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I don't want him to stand up to them. It might even make it worse. Excuse Yeah, yes. What you just said, to get a group against the bullies? Yes. It's not like that. The bullies are the group. It's I know that. I know. It's, it's complicated. The class of the bullies. I know. I got you. This is someone that sent a message why I'm not recommending that. And I don't want to go there in this case. This case, all I will say is, it's... You're young, so I feel there's information that's going on that I'm not aware of. And I don't know what that is. All right, so you're a very brave boy. You're a very special boy. You have a great heart. And now what you've got to learn is a little bit how to let go. You've done everything right. You've spoken to the parents. You've spoken to the teachers. And now it's time to let go a little. 
Thank you for calling in and for your Yiddish and Hashem and for your heart. Good night. The last caller? The last caller. We're going to stick to our last caller. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, you're on with Mordechai. Hi, is it me? Yes, it is you. Hi. Um, I have, uh, first of all, I'm enjoying your show a lot. Yes. And also your book. I didn't finish it, but I started it, and I like it. Wonderful. Um, I have a 15-year-old daughter who wants to learn graphology. Yes. Um, I'm just wondering. I mean, I'm open with her, so I spoke to her, and I didn't really mind. She's talented. She's mature. Um, and I'm excited that she wants to, you know, spread her wings a little bit. Um, I believe there's some Haskafa part to it that I have to find out if it's okay. Like the book she's reading, I have to make sure that they're, you know, all okay, written by people that I would trust. Yes, especially many times whenever they teach you natures and things, they always go into certain personal issues that might not be age-appropriate, and you can understand what I'm saying in this. I, I'm screening the book she's reading, but... Good. Screen it I, well. I'm just wondering what you spend on it. Like, is it age? I asked her, like, what are you going to do? Your teachers come into school and you say, oh, boy, I noticed on her handwriting that she's this, that, or the other. Do you think she's too young? First, let me reassure you that reading a, a, a significant, intricate, let's say, information, which means handwriting analysis, is very complicated. Mm-hmm. And you can't learn it from a book. It's like saying I learned psychology from a book. Okay. It doesn't exist. So understand that the most that she'll gain is a little bit of her confidence with Mm -hmm. some awareness. So for an example, I'll just give you one classical example. When I was learning by Rav Palm, the smicha share, he always loved to ask us one question to show us that since we didn't have shimish, and shimish is when you actually paskin shilas all day, he -hmm. would ask us a shimish question which we would answer, usually wrong, based on just the halachas that we learned because there's another halacha and an entirely different chalik of shulchan aruch which overrides this halacha. Mm-hmm. which means your your daughter could go around saying, oh, you're probably open because you write with bigger A's, and you're probably writing your your dot on the I too strong so they're a dagger. Mm-hmm. But I've actually taken one level in graphology, and I know how one level, one point with a second point, and a third point could be something completely different. Yeah. So first of all, just for you to recognize that, that don't worry, your daughter is not going to become a graphologist just from that. Now, being that I said that, there are people that were able to be very talented and figure things out on their own. Mm-hmm. and did stuff. So I don't want to say they won't, but chances are, what I hear you say is your daughter's got an emotional awareness component to her, that she likes learning things, she likes understanding natures of people, mm-hmm. she likes growing. Mm-hmm. And I'd recommend that you continue building on that. So there could be on Shabbos where she volunteers, she might be able to, let's say, run a machon or one of those things on Shabbos mm-hmm. for girls, get her doing something, have her being a big sister, if there's someone that needs help, like, put her in that leadership position where she can utilize her nature, you, her talents. Are you suggesting it because you want me to, you're saying it because you want me to, add, to like, take her away from the graphology that no, you want to or no, you're just adding no. it on? I'm adding, I'm, I'm having you understand her nature. I hear I yeah, my I. You want to know something interesting? I got into psychology in a very different way. I was always interested in the alternative therapy and in the mind, and there was a certain course I was interested. In. I'm not going to say what it is because today it got a little controversial. Mm-hmm. However, that and my parents sent me one summer to get trained in that system. So here I took an alternative therapy. Wow. And I, I was sure that I'm going to become a lawyer, and as I'm studying to go to law school, and at that time law the field was 
lo was loaded and getting a job was harder and I didn't get into the college that I wanted to as well as at that time the job since they were so full there wasn't enough I realized my pay would not be that well as much to go through all those hard training and that hard years of work that lawyers have and meanwhile I'm helping people with this alternative technique and I'm saying wow I love this and from there I decided to go to college and get a professional training not only just to my alternative therapy and from there I'm here Wow. So my parents believing in me and saying, hey, there's an alternative therapy modality. Learn it. You like psychology. Just take the course. What's the big deal? Even if you never use it. Mm -hmm. And because I had a tool in my hand, it is what has helped that with Siata Deshmaya I got to hear. I hear you. So maybe help her. Maybe okay. encourage her to grow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. But just make sure it's age appropriate and she doesn't get too much over her head where she starts becoming a therapist to girls where she's not trained yeah. how to deal with her hard cases. Haravnissa, what do you say? And I want to say that uh, many times that when you start to become like so-called professional, especially when you're young, you start to apply it upon yourself. You know, I see, oh, my S is like this, so I'm this characteristic. Yeah. And mm. this is things that you have to be aware about it because uh, I myself also passed this all this. Yeah, we've gone uh, through that stage. Palm reading, graphologia, and on all this stuff that's coming and bring you the, to analyze yourself and to get into you inside your soul and this is something that it's it's very important i would say this uh, you you have you blessed with a very good daughter and very uh, smart and let let her grow up and along those lines what would even happen if you give her a one time or twice a session with someone that's a graphologist say could you please speak to my daughter a little what do you think that would do for her I would love it. I think it's great. I just Excellent. I would do it. So the concept is as long as it's balanced, as long as she's doing well in school. Just wondering if she's young about your saying that. Fifteen saying isn't that. young. Fifteen are pretty serious. People get married at seventeen in our <laughs> okay. from world. You know what I mean? They're two years away from marriage, and uh, I hear you. Yeah, I'm saying it's young if it's balanced. Balance. Yeah. The secret is balance. Okay. And we're going to go. Thank you, everyone, for calling in. And Thanks. again, just one more time, the number to sign up to the parenting class, Meretz in two days left for that is 201-691-7626, 201-691-7626. And Meretz looking forward to next week.